We are going to talk today about obedience. If you will turn with me to Philippians 2, I'm going to begin in verse 5. It says, let this mind be in you. Let this mind be in you. That's almost a command, isn't it? Let this mind be in you. It says, um, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. In the beginning with God. There were two gods. Jesus was a God. It said, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Those, if you look that up, it means empty himself. And I am saying this to those that have never heard this before, that made himself of no reputation, emptied himself of all his godliness, emptied himself of all his godliness and became a man, took on him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, Becoming a man, it says he humbled himself and became obedient, became obedient, became obedient. That once was a God, became a man, and now has become obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And what, what happened after, I want to show, wherefore God also has highly exalted him. Why? Because he humbled himself and became obedient, and became a man. Obedient even to the death of the cross. If you will turn with me to Hebrews 5. We are talking about and looking at obedience. Obedience. It says, verse 7, our example, Jesus. Who in the days of his flesh, Jesus. In the days of his flesh, when he was a man. When he had flesh and bones and blood like you and I. When he had a soul like you and I. It said, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death. Take a look at that phrase. It says, unto him that was able to save him from death. Do you realize, by looking at this verse, there was a chance that Jesus would not have been raised from the dead. There is an opportunity here for Jesus not to be raised from the dead. Why? It said, when he offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared, this next verse, though he were a son, a son of God, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. The once God, that became a man like you and I, with a soul like ours, had to learn obedience. Amen. Our Messiah, our Savior, had to learn obedience. Learn it. And it says, he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And after the obedience, after learning obedience, after learning obedience, it says, then being made perfect. Then, or it says, and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation, right. our salvation, unto them that obey him. Obedience, them that obey him. Our salvation is dependent on our obedience too. Jesus had to obey the Father, had to, had to obey. 
And in that obedience, only in that obedience, he became perfect. Now I want us to look at something we may have never seen before. If you will turn with me to Luke 2. I'm going to begin in verse 49. Actually, I'm only going to read 49. Jesus has disappeared from his parents. They're looking for him for three days. He is 12 years old. Do we have any 12-year-olds in here? Anybody 12? Raise your hand. Stand up. This is the tallest 12-year-old I've ever seen. Amen. This boy right here is 12 years old. Young man. Thank you. Amen. Now, it says, Jesus in the temples. It says, and when they, um, and they said, and it came to pass after three days, I'm going to begin in verse 46, they found Jesus in the temple, 12 years old, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I sought thee sorrowing. And Jesus answers them. Amen. He said unto them, How is it that you sought me? What are you looking for me for? He said, Wast you not, I must be about my father's business. Wast you not, I must be about my father's business. He is 12 years old. Now turn with me to Psalm 88. This psalm is written by, the, uh, by David. This psalm is written with the spirit of Christ through David. David was a prophet. He is prophesying the words of Jesus. Jesus here is in hell. And he is paying for yours and my sin. And he makes a remarkable, a remarkable statement. And it's in verse 15. I'm going to get begin in 14. It says, Lord, why cast off my soul? Why hidest thy face from me? And look at this. I am afflicted and ready to die from my youth up. From my youth up. By this verse and by the one in Luke, we see Jesus knew he was going to die since he was 12 years old. Since he was 12 years old, afflicted and ready to die from my youth up. Do you realize a 12-year-old realized he was headed for the cross? Do you understand? Can you even fathom that a 12-year-old boy understood that from that day forward he was headed for the cross? He was headed for the cross, and he had to deal with that every day. He had to stay in obedience. He had a job he was going to do, and he knew he was going to do it when he was 12 years old. It's amazing. He didn't tell the disciples right off the bat where he was headed. But very early in John, when Nicodemus came to him by night, he told Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a leader of the Jews, and he told Nicodemus, the Son of Man must be lifted up. He knew then. He knew since he was 12 years old, he was going to the cross, and he had to stay obedient. He had to stay obedient every day, waking up, knowing the cross is waiting for you. Now, go with me to John 12. I have shared this verse often because it is so important about the obedience of Jesus. Jesus had to be obedient. He had to get ready for the cross. He had to do his Father's will. And it says in verse uh, 26, if any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall my servant also be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. And now look what he says. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Now my soul is troubled. My soul is troubled. We know Jesus is a man here. He's got a troubled soul. God doesn't ever have a troubled soul. God's God. Jesus is a man here. And he has a troubled soul. Why is he troubled? Have you ever been troubled? It said, now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. 
But for this cause came I into this, this hour. Jesus now knows he's only hours away from the cross. Something he's known since he was a boy. He is now looking at it and his soul is troubled. This, I cannot, I wish I could get out of my spirit what I see and hopefully by the spirit of God I can. Turn with me to Matthew 26. This is Jesus. This is a God that gave up all his godliness and became a man, took on a soul like ours, and that soul wasn't upright. How do you know his soul wasn't upright? We read it in Hebrews, being made perfect. Right now, he's not perfect yet. He's not perfect yet. He is not ready to go to the cross. He has to be made perfect. Do you see that? Jesus had to be made perfect. He can't be yours and my sacrifice if he is not perfect. He can't be. God's got to get him there. Jesus has to get himself there. And he, with the help of God, he's got to get there. He's got to be made perfect. And he is not perfect yet. How do we know, Lord, should you would save me from this hour? Save me from this hour. My soul is troubled. That is not a perfect soul. He's got to be made perfect. Now, in Matthew 26, then verse 38. They're in the garden. Let's begin in verse 36. Then come with Jesus with them into a place called Gethsemane. And saith unto his disciples, sit you here while I go and pray yonder. Amen. And he took with him Peter and two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. And he said unto them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. I want to die here. My soul wants to die here. He said, tarry you here and watch with me, pray with me. And he, then he said, he went a little further and fell on his face. And he prayed saying, oh my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Now, now he's praying. Now that soul is coming in to obedience. His soul has to get into obedience. We know what the will of God is. The will of God is to go to the cross. The will of God is to go to the cross, but the soul doesn't want to go there. Ever been there? Ever been there knowing you got to believe, but you don't want to? Knowing you got to humble yourself, but you don't want to. Right. Jesus is in the garden. He's got to get that soul perfect. He's got to get the soul perfect. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And he cometh and it says, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass for me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples and find them asleep. And saith unto Peter, what? Could not you watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh is weak. He's talking about himself. He's got to get perfect, folks. God's got to get him perfect. And he says he went away again the second time. And he prayed, saying, oh, my father, if this cup may not pass from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. He's halfway there. His soul and his flesh are in such a conflict 
the soul wants to die here. It doesn't want to go to the cross. And then he said, he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass from me except I drink it, thy will be done. Thy will be done. What did it say in Hebrews? He learned obedience. He learned obedience. Now, his next statement. And then cometh he to his disciples and said, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Arise, let us be gone. Behold, his hand is that doth betray me. Do you realize here? Do you realize here? He has been made perfect. Now he can go to the cross for you and I. He has been made perfect. His soul comes into obedience. His soul comes into obedience. Now he can go to the cross. Why is that so important? He had to be perfect for you and I. He had to get his soul, his flesh, his spirit perfect for you and I. He had to do it in the garden. Oh, that garden. Our, our salvation Amen. was bought in the garden. Our salvation was bought in the garden. Jesus had to be made perfect, and he was made perfect in the garden. Now he's ready to go to the cross for you and I. Turn with me to Romans 5. I will finish there. It says, verse five, chapter 5, verse 19. For by one man's disobedience, Adam's, Many were made sinners. By one man's disobedience, you and I would have never died if Adam would have never sinned. You and I would have had perfect fellowship with the Father if Adam would have never sinned. One man's disobedience. Many were made sinners. It says, so by the obedience of one. By the obedience of one. One what? One man. By the obedience of one man being made perfect. By the obedience of one shall many, many be made righteous. Many be made righteous. You and I were made righteous when Jesus went to the cross. You and I were made righteous when he was made perfect and became our perfect sacrifice. You and I were made righteous when that blood came out of him and spilled on the ground and Jesus took it to the heavenlies and sprinkled it in the heavenly of heavenlies and we were made righteous. We were made righteous by that blood, but that blood could not have been shed had it not been made perfect. The blood of that man would not have bought us redemption, would not have bought us salvation, would not have bought us justification, would not have bought us righteousness had he not been made perfect. But he was. Amen. He was. And we are. We have been made perfect if we believe. If we follow on to know him, if we follow on with that gospel, if we believe that gospel till our redemption and our justification and our righteousness is made perfect just like he is. Do you realize because of that perfect sacrifice, you and I can be made perfect. And that's our job. That's our goal. We run a race. What do we run for? Perfection. We run to perfection. And how do we do it? Just like Jesus did, obedience.
Obedience. Obedience brought him perfection. And that's what brings us, uh, that's what brings us our perfection. Obedience. Obey that gospel. Believe it. Take up your cross daily. Pick it up. Jesus died for you. He was buried for you. And he was raised again for you. That's your job. That's your race. Believe that gospel. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the Ministers of Music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.